Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of Love at First Psych, a Psych First Watch Rewatch podcast. I am on your host, Jay Christie, joined as always by Andre Brera. Andre, how you doing? Um, not feeling the holiday spirit because it's uh, really humid today. It's not super hot. It's only like 70, 75 right now or something, but it's like yeah. muggy. So it was raining all day today and I was going out to get something to eat for dinner. And I brought Where'd my umbrella go? down. Uh, what? What'd you get? I got an arepa uh, because they're the closest thing I can get to a good sandwich that doesn't have flour in it. Anyway, um, there's just masa mm. arena. Um, and there's an arepa place five minutes away from me that I go often enough that uh, they recognize me when I come in, um, which is both nice. great and bad. Like I feel I've like, geez, like I, go here. I go here way too often, but also I don't even need to say my name when I go to the counter. Anyway, um, so... I go downstairs with my umbrella, and I look outside, and it's not really raining anymore. I check my phone. It's just light drizzle, and I'm like, I'll be fine. I put the umbrella down. I leave it inside. I go I go to the place, pick up my order, come outside. It's pouring, and so I got poured on, even though I bro- thought to bring my umbrella, but I'm like, I ah, know it's not raining. I'm good for today. So it was pretty shitty. Yeah, it stinks, but yeah, yeah I'm sure it felt kind of good, my though, fault. right? What? It felt kind of good, though, no? Yes and no. I mostly felt bad because I'm like, because I knew what was going to happen was that I was going to have to grab my closed umbrella from downstairs and bring it back into my room, despite the fact that I'm poor, soaked. So like, if anyone saw me, they'd be like, Jake, why are you soaked? You have an umbrella. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Anyway, we're not talking about that. We're talking about Christmas 1987, which is what this episode starts with. Where That's called Christmas uh, Joy. Yes. Well, no, but I said we're talking about Christmas 1987. This episode starts, but it's called Christmas Joy. You're right. Okay. okay. Um, yes. Sean comes downstairs on Christmas morning, and Henry is building his bike, uh, and Sean looks for clues that Santa was there. And Henry clearly puts the effort into making it look like Santa's there by, like, you know, having big boots and, you know, leaving a trail. Yeah, he left, like, a trail. Um, Yeah, and Henry tries to get him to guess what happened, and it's all whatever, you know. Basically, he just announces that he got Sean a bike for mm-hmm. Christmas, which I, it's a great gift um, at that age, I would assume. Exactly. And so we then um, cut to uh, Sean and Gus in the psych office, and Gus is in a hurry because they got to get to Gus's parents' place because apparently his sister, who we'd never heard of before, which is one of my big pet peeves in shows, were like, I'm sorry, maybe, I, I know that I'm uniquely close to my brothers, but like, you, I just refuse to believe that we spent three, like two and a half seasons with Gus, and especially because they were childhood friends that never once should have come up to his sister. I know that they didn't know that before him, but it's just like no one does that. Like this is not how real people act. People talk about their yeah. childhoods. Yeah, no, for sure. Or like even like yeah, passing in in when whenever we were with the Gusters previously, like it's never been mentioned once. So no, uh, I, kind of a yeah. weird thing. And obviously I know the reason is because they didn't have, they didn't, they came up with the idea of him having a sister in season three, but it is kind of just like, yeah, I I think I'm uniquely sensitive to it because I'm a person who talks about his brothers a lot, but it's just like, I don't believe you're that close. If not one, especially in this show, which starts off with flashbacks every episode. Like that is that, I think that does make it an extra, like that's stupid. That's very true. That's very true. (laughs) Um, Anyway. uh, So his sister's coming in. um, And so, they need to get over there. But before they can go, a little girl comes in and uh, asks uh, and, and needs their help. And Gus, and sorry, Sean says his name is Mr. Sean. And what's Gus's name? Uh, Scrooge Jones, which is kind of uninspired, but. No. I take it. But I do like, um, 
I do like whenever a character refer another character refers to Gus by the fake name. <laughs> like that's yes. always funny. Um, but yes, yeah, what is this girl's problem? Yeah, she's uh, she needs she wants to hire them to get Santa out of jail, um, mm-hmm. and she only has a dollar thirty eight um to pay for it, um, and they're they're not going to take her money. Uh, but apparently, the police dragged Santa out of Santa's village in Solvang, and. Mm-hmm. If he's not out of jail in time, how is he going to get all the presents to all the people? Exactly. So uh, they end up. She ends up crying after they say no, and they agree to later that day look into it to see what they can find out. So then we cut to the Guster's house, and Joy is there, and so are Gus's, Gus's parents. And like I said last time, they were involved. Gus's dad gets recast uh, as Keith David, and I'm someone who they're based. There's only like a two or three actors alive, probably, that I'd be upset if you recast them with Keith David. Like, I know disrespect to Ernie Hudson, but I'm always just happy to see Keith David. Okay, I was going to ask you who the original one was, because I already forgot. Uh, yeah. yeah, Keith David's awesome. Yeah, what a guy. Um, and so, yeah, Joy is his sister, and she's, you know, asking some... She's a lawyer and asking some questions about, you know, uh, the psychic detective agency, because she didn't know Sean was psychic. Yeah, I mean, we'll get we'll get to it, but uh, yeah, she's basically lawyering them, and they keep looking at each other, and she starts to notice that they they have like defensive motions, like she's lawyering them up essentially. Exactly. Um, and so Gus offers to take her luggage upstairs, and he mm-hmm. starts to try to do that, but I guess he's been missing Arm Day or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it arms? I don't know. I guess it's both. Anyway, so he goes upstairs with one of the luggage and um, Joy and Sean, you know, they give each other the look and then all of a sudden just start making out pretty insanely. Yeah, things get hot and heavy. Well, so they get both heavy and hot. Um, we go to the theme song, which as I told you what would be is a Christmas theme version. Um, Was it the okay. first? It, that's the second time, right? Or yeah, no? for Christmas, yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, and then they're still making out this time on the couch and you know, then they have the classic, like, Oh, what are we doing? We, we can't be doing this. This is a one-time fling. You know, Gus would be, you know, crushed. And, um, you know, she's kind of like, what's the big deal? And he, Sean, I think pretty correct, correctly. We find out re- is like, Gus would not be able to accept this, that this would be the worst thing in the world that happened. So, um, yeah. Okay. All right. Um, I mean, I'm actually uniquely in this, not uniquely, I'm in that same position where um, I have an older sister and I guess to many of my friends, she was attractive. Uh, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I would get shit about it a lot, actually. Mm -hmm. And I can honestly say, like, I I, would, I don't think I would care that much. Like, okay, because this I is the thing I, I've I, always I, thought about in movie and TV, because I, I have I a sister. Think, yeah, I think I would only care if they were just like, yeah, I just fucking banged your sister or something. Yeah. Shit like that, but it's like, that's not really how that would go. Yeah, I mean, I oh, it's one of those things that I kind of just have to accept and move on with, because I like I have nothing to relate it to. The, the logical part of my brain, which of course is not the part of the brain that Burton Goster is operating from in this episode, would be like, wouldn't you rather your sister be with someone that you know and trust? But of course, that's not what. Um, but yeah, I, I always would, whenever I would see it in movies and TV, my instinct would always be like, wait, if you're so afraid of your sister dating one of your friends, then you probably should have better friends. And, and But I know that that's not like, I know it's more complicated than that because of emotions and what have you. Um, 
And yeah, so it's just something that I kind of, it's one of those things I just have to take character's word for because it's not something I have any access to. Yeah, I think the only thing that, like, I think about now is, like, if things were to end really badly between the two, then of it's kind of like, yeah, that's where it gets a little messy. But, yeah, it's kind of just like, I don't know, I've just never really been able to understand that as someone who could, I mean, I, I think at this point, yeah, I'd be very surprised if my sister had hooked up with any of my friends. That would be weird. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, and it's, once again, I I also think it's it's odd, too, because... Sean's not just his friend, it's, like, his best friend in the world, and so, like, it's kind of just, like, it's, like, I don't know, it, it, but, of course, I'll say this, it, like, it's, it doesn't make a lot of sense on a logical level, but I'm not surprised that Gus is this way, because Gus is a neurotic Nelly about everything, like, of course, he, he has trouble accepting, like, I feel like if he had, like, a tiny pebble in his shoe, he would have a nervous breakdown, so he's not, you know, exactly the, uh, most stable person, but Gus kind of throwing a wrench in their in their plans of being, you know, adults, uh, says that um, Joy should spend as much time with them as possible. So they take her to the police station. Um, Gus is trying to be impressive, but and he does a thing where he says the same thing three times. Uh, mm-hmm. And Vic meets them and basically is like, what are you, your visitors, you can't bring visitors. And gives Joy a rundown of what it's like to uh, to watch them work. Yeah, exactly. Um, she basically just roasts them on top of that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, uh, they leave Joy there while they go into the interior of the police station. And mm-hmm. they see Jules there and she's flustered. She's she's running around. And uh, yeah, apparently the, the news about the fight at Sandwich Village has reached the police station. And two guys are being held in the holding. Is it two guys? Yeah, two guys. Yeah, two right? guys. Two guys in who were involved. Yes, because one person was knocked out. Correct. Yeah. And so Jules takes them down to the uh, holding cell and they find a jolly old man sitting there looking like Santa Claus. But turns out he is not the Santa that they are looking for. Um, The Santa that they're looking for is just some dude like laying down. He looks like he's down on his on his luck. Um, Sean notices quickly there are some like uh, marks on his uh, arms. They look like defensive wounds. So it doesn't look like the Santa started the fight. Yes. And then Sean also notices that the other guy has a bracelet with some Hebrew writing on it, which Sean somehow knows means he does Krav Maga, because apparently uh, Sean worked in a Hebrew deli for summer, and then he reminisces about Shlomo, which, I mean, he was probably a cut-up, he can't really... um, But yeah, so they determine that because he knows Krav Maga, which I feel like like knowing Krav Maga was like a stock comedy punchline from like 2004 to 2009, you know what I mean? Was it? I feel I feel like a lot of sitcoms are like, hey, don't mess with me. I know Krav Maga. I felt like, you know, that was like, uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe actually it was just a big cultural thing where people were learning Krav Maga back then. Well, I worked with a guy. Sorry. I worked with a guy, but before I worked with him, he was actually dating one of my friends' friend. And he's like a fucking Krav Maga master. Um, yeah, I wouldn't fuck with that guy. No, I mean, like, for sure. <laughs> Uh, and so, yeah, they end what is up, the, what is like Krav Maga like? What what, what, what is that? It's basically yeah. the hand to hand combat design uh, that is employed by the Israeli Defense Force. Uh, so it's like Israeli street fighting. Is it like like really sick? I think I think so. I think if I'm if I remember like just vaguely stuff I would heard about from pop culture is I believe it's like very much a martial art that is designed to actually be used in the real world. It's not like karate where it's like you know very uh, formal and what have you. It's a kind of about the self-defense and, you know, fucking people up. 
you know. Because while yeah. people who are good at karate actually probably are also good at fighting, if you do straight up karate moves in a fight, you'll probably get killed, you know. <laughs> Whereas karate, <laughs> the point of it is that if you do Krav Maga, you'll beat the shit out of someone. Um, it's very practical. Maybe I'll learn Krav Maga. Yeah, you absolutely you should. Yeah, that, <laughs> hey, I mean, there are worse uses of your time. I mean, you, this podcast is definitely not uh, as is definitely a bigger waste of time than that. And um, then, and then the next time I see you, I just stomp you out. Yeah, you beat the shit out of me. <laughs> Um, I'll say this, you don't need to learn a special fighting type to beat the shit out of me. <laughs> um, uh, so, um, the, they let, he gets let out, Carl, we learned the guy's name is the Santa, and then Sean and Gus do a little, uh, Charlie Brown Christmas dance, and when they get back upstairs, mm-hmm. Lassie is macking on Joy Guster. Yeah, you know, she's, uh, she's a great, she's a good looking woman. Um, mm-hmm. I was quite taken with her. Um. Yeah, he's chatting her up, and Gus immediately goes into, oddly enough, he goes into, like, big brother mode, which is mm-hmm. weird because he's a little brother. Mm-hmm. Um, and he even, like, says, like, to Lassie, like, aren't you still married, technically? Mm-hmm. And, you know, Lassie just kind of, he he sidesteps it. He's just like, listen, man, I'm just, like, talking to her. I'm just having a good conversation. He's like, no need to get to that. And, and Gus asks, what's the sentence for assaulting a police officer? <laughs> which is funny. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's getting very chesty. And so you can imagine, uh, well, if he's coming this badly yeah. on on Lassie, it's mm-hmm. not going to look too well, too good if it happens. To exactly. Dobbs. So uh, Sean gets Lassie out of there by saying that Dobson's calling for him. Um, and, you know, Joy is understandably, like, pissed at us because she's like, I'm a big girl. Like, you know, I can see whoever I want. And he says, not if that person's a friend of mine. And so... Right. Uh, that sets it up. Sean, when he's walking outside, gets a call from his landlord that I guess that he got the whole apartment invest- infested with fleas because uh, he brought a stray cat in. And both Gus and Joy know that one adult female flea lays 1,000 eggs an hour. So good thing to know. Um, How long do fleas live? I don't know. I've never had a – never actually had a problem with it. I only had one dog growing up, and she – one didn't – she was a short-haired uh, dog that – didn't have fur so like it was one of the guys that has like hypoallergenic fur so it's not as thick like uh you know the dogs that don't shed so it was never Mm -hmm. an issue so i couldn't tell you gotcha and she obviously used like the flea shampoo and stuff but it just it was a lot harder for her to get fleas because her coat wasn't really long enough to really hide it um anyway uh so they offer sean to stay with the gusters which of course is going to lead some hijinks and then they see the man who they vow and the girl who came to them who seemed just like an innocent little girl is actually his daughter, and they are saying, come on, we gotta get, we gotta, we, we almost missed the window, we only have three days left, or whatever, so they're clearly planning something. Yeah, it's a very matchstick man situation going on. Yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, except, so get- uh, there's, there's, except the girl's actually, um, that girl. Um, anyway, uh, huh? is it the twist in Master Command that she's, like, not a child, isn't that the whole thing? I, I haven't seen it, I just know that that's that a twist in it. It's one of those yeah, movies that I haven't seen because I know the twist and I don't feel like watching. <laughs> yeah, sorry, I just I thought, the twist I for thought you. you were, I th- I, no, that's fine. I thought you were just more referring to like Allison Lohman became like a man or something. No, no, no. Allison Lohman just has some <laughs> weird crypto posts, but she's fine. Uh, that not that not that she's man, she would be fine. But yeah, if I, I remember correctly, that I, yeah, I think I think she's some weird, some weird Twitter stuff. Um, but no, she's uh, and she basically stopped acting um, uh, in like 2010. Um, 
I only know this because they, they, they t- on the podcast I love, Blank Check, they talked about Drag Me to Hell, and they're like, whatever happened to her? And they're like, oh, she seems like she just has kids, doesn't act, and posts about cryptocurrency. And this was, this was like a year and a half ago. Anyway, um, wow. what a tangent. Um, so yeah. um, the uh, they go to um, Santa's workshop to confront Carl. They cut in line at the Santa booth and have a side conversation. Uh, where they were Brittany, the girls back there. And I do love the exchange of when she is playing on a Game Boy, uh, like a game system. Hey, what blind kid do you steal that from? Why would a blind kid play a video game? <laughs> and then, but I do love, I love and the thing that's like whenever someone calls out, like the, the exchange of you have cooties on your face. And he goes, goes, Sean. And Sean says, she started it. And he says, no, you started it. <laughs> like, I love that he doesn't let him get away with that. You started it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So yeah, they basically they want to know like what they're planning, what's what's going mm-hmm. on, and Carl doesn't want to tell them what, what's going on. And he not only that, he's got a nice party trick of uh, you know making them look like the bad guy. So mm-hmm. he screams, he runs away, he screams out, and basically makes it look like Sean mm-hmm. and Gus are trying to muscle him or something. And the people in line are already pissed off because it looks like they cut earlier, so mm-hmm. they get thrown out by uh, some security guard named Ted. Mm-hmm, but not exactly. before Sean sees some names on like a yes. computer of the list yes of stuff. he sees the mailing list for photos of pictures with Santa so it's I think yeah. to put in your own memory bank then we cut to yeah. back to the house where Joy is in her nightie uh, just got out of the bathroom and is going to bed and uh, we then have a little you know uh, basically a silent film hijinks type thing where Sean gets up goes to knock on Joy's door, decides against it, goes to the bathroom. While Sean's in the bathroom, Joy gets up, goes into Sean's room. He's not there. Sean then gets out of the bathroom, goes into Joy's room, and then they both are out when Gus is like, there's a whole, it's, you know, it's uh, hijinks. Yeah, it's like a whole, uh, what is it? Like a, what do call it? Like, um, what are those movies called? The, the Yakety Sax playing? Benny Hill? Yeah, it's like a Benny Hill skit. Yeah, I mean it's, it's really uh, like a, it's almost like it's really like a silent movie gag, especially given that it's like you know it's like the the implication is sexual, but obviously nothing happens, so it's like very uh, you know like if this was in a Buster Keaton movie, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, anyway, um, so I don't know who is. you don't know you don't know who Buster Keaton is. I mean, I know who he is, but I don't know what yeah. what he's done. Well, uh, I actually watched all of his movies for that same podcast I referenced earlier uh, earlier this year. Some of them are is incredible. To, is he related to Michael? No, Michael Keaton's last name isn't actually even Keaton. Michael Keaton's real name it's is Douglas. Michael Douglas. Yeah, that's correct. Is, yeah, I saw yeah. that the other day. Yeah. Maybe yeah. Laugh. Which is why he uh, um, and Diane Keaton's last name isn't Keaton either. Um, they both picked it because they like Buster Keaton, but that's not here or there. Um, oh. I mean that he was just like a very influential dude. Uh, anyway, um, Sean then is still looking for Joy. Then he just, he looks in the house. He goes down to the basement. And uh, Joy's not in the basement, but who enters the basement? Not Mr. Mr. Guster. Yeah, Mr. Guster's there. And um, yeah, it's it looks like he's up to something. Um, mm-hmm. He hasn't been working the night shift. Mm-hmm. Um, they start questioning each other. I, like, I also do love that they mentioned he worked for Raytheon, which like, man, not, not a great look. Yeah, yeah, like they're weapons manufacturer. Burton Guster uh, got his pharmaceutical sales education with blood money. I don't know. Not great. Gotcha. Okay. Well, yeah, let's hope. Well, he now he doesn't work for them anymore. Now he has a clean conscience. 
Yeah, yeah, sure. I'm sure 30 years of working there, he never did anything unsavory. No, and, and his interviews are not with Lockheed Martin or anything. Um, <laughs> yeah, anyway. so they're basically like questioning each other, like what they're doing there. And uh, Sean sees some stuff like on his like coat jacket, on his jacket. His lapel. And, his lapel. And he, he rightly deduces that he's been outdoors this whole time. So basically he, that's when he tells him that he lost his job at Raytheon a month ago and he didn't want anyone to worry. Yeah. And so he's basically just been interviewing during the day and like just hanging out at the movies or yeah. grabbing coffee after. And yes, exactly. this is the first, no, this is the, well, I guess technically it's the first, no second, but this is the second Guster family member that is asking Sean yes. to hold on to a secret. Now I will say if, because this, this takes place before, you know, AMC stubs or real unlimited, that's just a waste. Like they're they're spending a lot of money to go to the movies. Like if I, I in my own current unemployment, I go to the movies like three or four times a week. I spend fifty cents each time. I went to an early screening of Gran Turismo last night. It's not good, but I spent fifty cents. So who cares? Right. Well, how much did you spend getting there? Getting there, I live a five minute walk from a movie theater. Oh, nice. Um, well, I, I, mean, I for for seven o'clock show times, I leave my apartment at seven o five. Okay, in 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 two thousand and what ten is this? How much for movies then? Was it the same? Two thousand eight. Same? Was it the same price for movies? It was probably like thirteen dollars, I would guess. You probably got the senior citizen discount, maybe. Uh, True. It's not that. Yeah, it's not that bad. But it's. It, I guess you're right. It's not that bad. But just it. I guess for me, it feels like if you're gonna do something to fake that you're at your job, you would probably not want to be spending money <laughs> like your time. It feels like a. Uh, anyway, but so he yeah. he has him to keep the secret, um, and so. When um, he says, you know, this is between you, me, and that lamp. Um, and Sean says, well, is that chair not trustworthy? Yeah, yeah, you know. Um, yeah. So they, uh, Gus, Sean, and Joy get back together. And they realize that they need to snoop on Carl, but they can't, Sean and Gus can't be there because they'll be conspicuous. So Joy gets a job as a, like, Santa helper or something. Um, mm-hmm. Whatever puts her in an outfit that Sean can lead her at her at in. Um, yeah. And so they also see when when they're looking at the application, Sean sees Carl's application and sees that his reference is Ted, the security guard. Just a note. Anyway, you were going to say. Yeah, no, that was kind of that was. Yeah, I was going to say Mrs. Claus, possibly. But yeah, to Santa's little help. Santa's helper in some way. Yeah. In some um, way. Yeah, it's, it's hard. Yeah. It's good. It, yeah, I don't know. There's not a lot of canonical stuff going on here. Um, right. Yeah. So she obviously she has a job and mm-hmm. uh, you know she does her first shift so they catch up with her at the end of the day and mm-hmm. you know according to her Carl seems to actually be on the up and up and uh, all things considered is a good Santa considerate yeah. Santa because he asks many questions like oh what's your favorite part of Christmas and are you guys like going out of town or, or some shit like that I forgot what it was well though, are are you visiting any relatives you know uh, okay what that's what it is yeah her? yeah yeah and this gets Sean thinking immediately what what exactly is going down and they're basically casing all the kids for information on you know houses that are going to be empty and with the addresses they have in the mailing list then they can just have like a you know a list of places to hit up that are going to be empty um on christmas so honestly i'm not a criminal but that's a good plan it's it's a that's a good plan i can't fault them for it um pretty good plan. and so yeah so they um realize they need to get the police involved uh and once again, Sean almost gets caught looking at Joy's ass. Um, and Lassie and Joy show up, and it seems like no one is there, that the whole place is empty. Um, and so they end up leaving, but 
Sean notices after Gus and Joy point out that they don't um, have that none of the wise men are black, um, which I actually don't know if this is true. I don't think this is true. Uh, <laughs> it, I mean, it, like, it very well could. I think that is true. Oh, well, I mean, sorry. you'd have to believe that the wise men were real, first of all. No, yeah. Um, Balthazar, you see, Balthazar is. He did. Oh no! You're okay. I guess you was. Sorry, I, di- I didn't realize that. For some reason, I uh, didn't realize that there actually was one that was uh, black. I genuinely apologize. That's what you get from going to a white uh, Catholic church. Uh, that was never something that was taught. But I mean, of course, yeah. he probably. I'm like, it's, he probably wasn't because, in the same way that no one in the Bible was white, no one in the Bible was black. They were all, you know, Aramaic. <laughs> um, Correct. Yes. Yeah. But uh, so yeah, they upon talking about the fact that nobody ever accounts for Balthazar being black. That's when Sean remembers that earlier, actually they had a black wise man there Mm -hmm. and now he's been substituted with a white wise man, uh, wise guy, if you will. And Mm -hmm. uh, they go to look at it and it turns out it's Ted's been weakened at Bernie's Bernie'd, I guess. Mm -hmm. And uh, he's yeah, Ted's dead, baby. By the way, I, uh, I am reading the Wikipedia page about Balthazar and apparently there is a mass, there's a lot of, consternation in spain about that because a lot of towns have uh nativity parades and things that up until like the 21st century oh, no. they were played oh, by no. people he was played by someone in blackface <laughs> ah, i knew that was coming <laughs> and, and what no, the good thing is a lot of them especially like bigger towns now just because i don't know there was a, a decent amount of people in the african diaspora especially in spain that actually are people who are dark skin that now they just ask black people to do it which is probably what they should have been doing the whole time <laughs> but you know um, yeah, it's not even the. Uh, I just think I mean, about that Dutch festival and it freaks me yeah, out. That's what I was gonna say. It's crazy how yeah. much just like there's just random blackface in Europe because like, well, not that there's not blackface in America, but there's at least the understanding generally that it's bad. Whereas I think Europe, since they just don't have a lot of experience with a mass large non-white population, they don't. No one is there saying like, "Hey, you shouldn't do this. This is a bad idea." Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I, I shouldn't be too critical either. given that given that like SNL was still having blackface until like 2005. So I can't be too critical about what uh, really? look at the last time that uh, Daryl, uh, Daryl Hammond played Jesse Jackson. The year begins with a two. Um, oh my God. Chris Rock. I mean, sorry, Jimmy Fallon also played Chris Rock early on in his time on uh, SNL. Um, Who did saying. Jimmy Fallon? Yeah. I mean, Jimmy Fallon does do a good impression of Chris Rock's voice, but that doesn't mean they should put him in blackface. <laughs> Oh my god! People really want to memory hole how much blackface. Like, I mean, there's a there's blackface in Thirty Rock. Um, when uh when Jenna and Will Forte's character get married, they get married as two black swans. Where Will Forte dresses up as a black swan Natalie Portman, and uh, Jenna Maroney dresses up in blackface as Steelers player Lynn Swan. Um, just thing that happened in the 2010s, I think. Um, I'm so glad I never watched 30 Rock. I mean, 30 Rock is amazing. I have nothing bad to say about it other than that, basically. I but... knew that's such a you show. It's so you. I mean, it's so dense with jokes is the thing. Like, it's just like every three seconds is a joke. Um, yeah. Anyway. So Ted's dead, and they realize they're now dealing with murderers. So Carl gets brought into custody, but they can't really charge him with murder because, you know, they don't know that he did it. So th- apparently the only people he'll speak to are Sean and Gus. Correct. And so they head on down to the interrogation room and Carl comes clean about the Santa job being a long con, but they didn't, he could never have killed Ted. They were partners for a long time. And not only that, they just like, they never hurt anybody in their crimes, not physically at least. 
financially, yes. Um, so they could have, yeah, they, they never heard anyone that wasn't their MO at all. So, and he's, he's concerned that whoever killed Ted might be after him or God forbid, uh, Brittany next. Yes. So Sean is very much like not, he's, he doesn't believe him. Yes. He's like, why would we believe you now? You know, you're, you're lying the whole time, but now he does the same thing that Brittany does. He starts crying. And Gus can't resist it because he's a sympathetic writer. There's a thing about Burton Guster. I don't know if this is the first time they say it, but it is a trait about Burton Guster that he is a sympathetic writer. It comes up again and again. Okay. I don't recall it, but I think he said specifically that he he can't deal with a grown man crying. Yeah. So uh, so much similar, where like it's not so much maybe not crying in general, but if I ever see like if any time of I see a video that goes viral of like a dad crying because he's proud of his son or daughter, I cry. And that's actually like the number one thing to get me to cry. It's pr- like basically give me any like dad crying because his daughter got a golden buzzer on it. America's Got Talent and I'm a puddle. Um, so I can't really judge. Um, gotcha. I don't know why. Uh, and so they, th- Carl suggests that maybe the person behind it was the bookie, his bookie, who they owed 10 grand, which it is funny watching this now, given that I can place a bet on my phone, how, you know, cre- how much this is about, how surreptitious this all has to be. Yeah, I mean, but the thing about betting on your phone is it's on the record. Oh, for sure. Um, but did you see the story I mean, about I Phil think that's Mi- the biggest sticking point. Did you see the story about Phil Mickelson today? Where yeah, a, he, like, a, he gambled over a billion dollars or something? Yeah, yep. Yeah. What a sicko that guy and is. He regularly would make a $100,000 bets on 10 to 1 things. So, uh, uh, so he would only make $10,000 off the bet. That's truly depraved that's, shit. That's, that is degenerate behavior like i mean does he still have money yeah but i mean but also he was one of the first people to take live golf money he took like a billion dollars from them and so they think it's because yeah. of gambling stuff he also yeah, so he, he also like his- he also was like a unindicted code conspirator in a big sec investigation back in the day like he's like a full-on like white collar piece of shit yeah um wow yeah but anyway <laughs> Le- i just left <laughs> I just love that he – that is, like, really – because the joke I always make is that, like, you're a degenerate gambler depending on how many members of Hawaii's football team you can name um, because you're chasing at night. But, like, the ten oh, okay. – the, the $100,000 for $110,000 is, like, that is a um, – the joke I made when they, when they announced that, you, that one – but betting site was allowing people to bet on the special Olympics. I said that if you, oh a friend, if you have a friend who does this, you need to grab their phone when they're not looking and change every number in their contacts to one eight hundred gambler. That's so nuts! I can't. I yeah. I remember hearing about that. Oh yeah. my god. Yeah. Uh, anyway, um, so they go to Frank. They need to meet the bookie Frank, who works at two different bars. So Sean and Gus split up. Uh, Sean goes to meet him, and. Um, he goes. He definitely goes to O'Neill's, judging from the music. Yeah. Yes, and Frank is like just like the rare person in Psych who is just a fully serious person who has truly no time for Sean's shenanigans. Um, yeah, and uh, he asks about whether or not you know that Ted's dead, and Frank points out that it would be actually be against his best interest to kill him. Correct, because dead men don't pay death debts, uh, but injured men might. So mm-hmm. on top of that, he has an alibi. Many people yeah. have seen him where he mm-hmm. was at. So yeah, it ain't him. But yes. yeah, a bigger bombshell is about to drop. Uh, Sean, upon uh, you know realizing that he, he's got nothing there, 
turns around and bumps right into Mrs. Guster. I don't know what her first name is. Um, Winnie, yeah. Bumps into Winnie Guster, who's there to settle her debt, because apparently she's in on the books, too. Mm. So what do we think she bet on? Because it's like late 2008. Um, Barbara. No, I don't don't think it's necessarily be Santa Barbara. I mean, uh, you know. Yeah, okay, but it's Christmas time, so it's probably basketball. No, I would say probably football, right? Football, yeah, football. I mean, maybe she, like, Notre Dame got blown out by USC. Maybe she bet on Notre Dame. Um, Or I was thinking, like, maybe if it's, like, an older bet, maybe she thought the Rays were going to win their first over the Phillies. I mean. Yeah, maybe. Oof. Yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. I always like to know that. Like, there's the whole bit in, um, you know, uh, Heat where uh, Val Kilmer's character, like, lost all his money doing something. And I remember that um, he said he lost it all in, like, the Super Bowl or something. And the year that would have been would be the, like, 49ers Chargers Super Bowl. And I remember on, like, the rewatchables episode about it, Bill Simmons is like, well, who the fuck told him to pick the Chargers? (laughs) Oh, my God. Real degenerate stuff. Yeah, it was Chargers against the Niners, no? Yeah, that's what I said. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, Anyway, I always like to, to think about that. Um, anyway, uh, you know, you don't touch you crazy because you would think like, oh, Jake's an idiot. You know, he could lose a lot of money since gambling was legalized in New York. I am only down, I think like $45. I put in $200 total and I'm, my total on the app is $150. So I'm not that bad at gambling. Um, God damn it. I really wish I could gamble. I mean, I had a great, I had a great Super Bowl. I went three for three. Like I bet the, I bet like, um, a certain amount of yards for like gain well and then like a certain amount of time like a couple different like small bets but like like crazy bets you know not mm-hmm. crazy but like non just the line you know what's the most you can max like thousand dollars no idea i've never even gotten close i the old biggest bet i've ever made was thirty dollars um i don't and i won Did that you win? yes i at the beginning of the last aba season the nuggets over under was 50 and a half games which is nonsense and so i put the over and i won um like that's that's free money. I mean, I yeah, won that. Be- I won that bet in like March. <laughs> like, hell yeah. Uh, anyway, so Winnie says, yeah, that she met, she lost a big bet. She thought that she had an inside track. Yada yada. Um, and she lost the Christmas spending money. Exactly. Um, and uh, she asked Sean to keep the, her vice a secret, and Sean's like, "It's one time. It's not a vice. It's a Jones. You know, she had a Jones in." Hmm. Yeah, and it's like, dude, this guy's got way too many secrets to hold on to. Like, too many. I'd be, I'd be beside myself, honestly. Yeah. Um. And but he tells her that Mr. Guster won't be angry, probably. Now I have a question: Are you good at keeping secrets? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I had to I'm think horrible. about it. I'm yeah, horrible yeah. at it. I'm horrible at it. And I, I, so I ask people not to tell me stuff. I, I, I feel bad about it because like it's not like it's unbecoming. Because the reason I'm bad at keeping secrets is because. I'm a gossip <laughs> and I like to tell people things and that like, I'm, if it's, if it's like, I'll say this, if it's someone who's like really, if it's like my brother or my family or someone really, really close to me, like I mm. won't say anything, but what I find myself doing a lot, and once again, I'm basically putting myself in a position where I don't know people's secrets anymore, is that like, if someone tells me something really juicy, I'll go to whoever the person who is least connected to them in my life and be like, Hey, I have a friend. <laughs> like, I have to do it. <laughs> You're I'm so sick, bad. Dude. I'm, it's, a, it's a sickness. So I asked you all not to tell me stuff. Cause I know I can't, I can't do it. It's, um, yeah. This um, guy. I've gotten better. I've, I've, I used to be much worse. Um, but 
it, I'll say this, if it's something that's like genuinely don't tell you anymore, probably. Yeah, if it's something that's like genuinely serious, like that would actually be like a problem. Like the worst it would be if someone found out that if if I had to come clean with every secret I've ever spilled, it, it would most be like Jake. What the fuck's wrong with you? Like why would you do that? <laughs> um. Anyway, um. I need. What about your teacher? My teacher. Yeah, <laughs> the guy oh, who. Uh... <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that I mean that that made the news. That, that's uh... public record. Yeah, it's public record. Um, no, and that, like, I, no one, t- I'll say this, if it's something that no one told me not to tell people, I don't give a fuck, that's right for you right now. never to tell you anything serious. No, like, I'll say this, if it's, I'm sorry, if it's something that, like, is unrelated to me, that, like, no one told me, if it's just something I, like, heard, like, that's, I, that's, I mean, like, also, yeah, baby. And if it's someone, if it involves someone getting like fired from a public position, that quite literally is a matter of public record. So I can't, you know, it's not my secret to tell. Um, yeah, no, I think it's just yeah. funny. Yeah, I know, of course. Shouts to him. He, the man who's come up. <laughs> I wonder what he would be like. He's like, yeah, you've been mentioned like in a beat about around the bush sort of way like seven times on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, I have. It's like probably the funniest thing I've heard on this podcast. Uh, it's just for, the fact it was for twenty dollars. It's like that's the funny thing about it, right? Like, it's not that he just did it. It's like twenty bucks. I don't. Know, to be honest with you, I don't even remember what he did. It's oh, he asked so, like... people to to give him money with tests in order to get better grades. <laughs> Okay, that's yeah. so innocent. Yeah, that's fine. But once again, it's innocent, but it's also like if you're going to do that, $20 is not going to make a big enough difference <laughs> in your life to risk your job. Anyway, I could talk about this forever. Uh, shouts to him. Um, I hope he's doing well and whatever his job is, that's not teaching. Shouts, um, shouts to Mr. Johnson. Exactly. Uh, and so, yeah, so they we then have cut to, um, we cut to Christmas morning and... Um, Everyone's happy, you know, Sean gets up, and uh, the first thing that's a bit amiss is that they, um, Gus and Joy go over to the Christmas stockings, and there's no, uh, there's no money in them. Yeah, there's no Christmas money. Um, so, <clears throat> Mrs. Guster has to come clean, so she does, mm-hmm. you know, I, I appreciate that, and you know, they're all very shocked by the fact that she would even do something like that. Like they can't even picture her doing it. And truthfully, I can't really. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, this kind of inspires Mr. Guster to come clean about his own secret. And, mm-hmm. you know, everyone's very understanding about all this. It's, it's, it doesn't seem, I mean, obviously it's a very serious situation, but um, they all seem to come together because it's the holidays. And, this further inspires Joy to just completely out of fucking nowhere. Like, I don't even think this was, like, something that Sean said. Mm-hmm. But basically, she admits to them having had a fling 10 years ago. And she just says that they want to pick up where they left off, which isn't something that I... That's not what I picked off. No, picked I don't think it's saying that. that Sean put out there either. I think that that's kind of... Correct. Uh, yeah. yeah. And Gus says, you fool around with my sister, which... Sean, I think, correctly, doesn't like the use of the term fooled around. Like, that's being, you know, that, you don't have to do that. Yeah, correct. Um, and, yeah. Uh, yeah, for whatever reason, this seems to be, like, the most uh, serious of the yeah. uh, transgressions. Um, which is just, I mean, it's a comedy show, so I get it. Mm-hmm. And they kind of fucking bury Sean there. <laughs> mm-hmm. They're basically, you know, I, I think... At that, at some point, I would understand being upset with my sister hooking up with someone who was like Sean previously. Yeah, not because he's like a scumbag or anything, but just because he's like unmotivated. He yeah. definitely wasn't who he who he is today, and, that, yeah. and that's not that much better either. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, it's and so then that that ends up setting off a powder keg, uh, and uh, you know Sean ends up leaving, and he shows up at Henry's place where Henry's grabbing some what looks like shrimp cocktail, which you I can always go for shrimp cocktail. I feel like you know, it's always a worthy snack at any sort of function. You're looking at me like you disagree. No, I don't think I've ever had shrimp cocktail. The cold shrimp ever. That's all it is. Really. I mean, I, I think I've, I think I've eaten the shrimp off of like a shrimp cocktail, but I don't think I've had like I've dipped it in the cocktail, the cocktail sauce. sauce. Or... I mean, cocktail yeah. sauce is really just it's basically just ketchup and horseradish, so it's good. That's um, probably why I fucking hate horseradish. So well, I I, I don't like horseradish by itself, but cocktail sauce it's like not as anyway. Um, I do like a good shrimp cocktail though. I mean, shrimp in any shrimp is just so good. I made myself uh, some there's some shrimp on sale, and I had some pasta. The, the closet and i'm like yeah let me whip up a little shrimp scampi for myself it's only a monday and it was great it was a good way to start my week um mm. yeah it's the things you can do when you're not working and so i'd rather work than have time to make myself from scampi but if i'm not gonna be working i'd use the time <laughs> um respect, respect. yeah uh and so yeah sean tells uh henry that you know it all started because he hooked up with gus's sister and um you know uh Henry's like, you can't, if you mess with your partner, they're going to overreact, you know, uh, especially if you lie to them. And so that gives Sean an idea. Yeah. Uh, you know, Henry with some sage advice mm-hmm. as usual. Um, so yeah, uh, he goes, uh, basically what he concludes is that Carl and Ted must have had another partner at mm-hmm. some point, And that is who came back uh, to kill Ted. So Sean meets Jules over at the um, police station, and I, I guess it's Christmas Eve. Is it Christmas Eve? Yes. Yeah. Right. So, um, and they're going over it, and he apologizes for getting her out of the, you know, out of her family stuff, and she doesn't seem to mind. And he basically lets her know about the Joy situation, and she like thinks that it's fucked up too. And you know, Sean. I think he thinks that she might be a little bit jealous, but she's like, no, I don't think so. Well, yeah, because he says, don't worry, it was way before I knew you. And she says, that doesn't matter. That doesn't mean anything. It might. It doesn't. It could. It won't, is the exchange. But, yes. um, Yeah, so so they learn that they're going through, and they've learned that 10 years ago, uh, Ted and Carl turned state's evidence against a man named Moncrief Johnson. Yeah, which... um, that's a hell of a name for one. Um, yeah, Moncrief Johnson. Uh, yeah, they yeah. snitched on him in Fresno essentially ten years ago, and uh, it, I was a little bit confused by this. But apparently, he was the guy who got his ass beat by the Krav Maga dude. Yes. Um, and he because if you there... recall, the Krav Maga dude said that he only knocked the guy out because he was defending Santa. Is what he said. So it turned out that's the truth. Yes. So that what he was basically coming back to get his revenge um and luckily the Krav Maga dude knocked him out so he wasn't able to follow through at the, on that day um but once he was released from the hospital he was released on the same day that Ted got killed so essentially he got to him first and it's only a matter mm-hmm. of time before he's uh gonna get Carl yes so we then see uh what looks like Carl because someone in a Santa suit in an apartment looking in the fridge Moncrief comes up behind him with a knife Turns around, it's Carlton Lasseter who says, "Ho, ho, ho! You made the naughty list." Carlton has two scenes in this episode. Great PER. The scene where he's flirting yes, with, yes. with Joy is funny, and then this scene he gets off two lines. Yes, I, I love the naughty list one. That's a ten out of ten. Yeah, um, and, yeah. 
so yeah, it looks like uh, you know everything all is well now. You know, Carl is uh, still alive. Uh, Brittany didn't lose her father, and mm. um, yeah, it's great. I think I like that they Brittany before she runs off, she tries to steal Sean's wallet, um, yeah. but he catches her. It's I, I, it's a joke that always makes me laugh. Anytime like there's a con or something, and someone like steals a wallet, and the other person just goes. Like, like, understandably, just puts their hand out. It's always funny. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then Sean pulls Carl aside and basically mm-hmm. gives him, like, a motivational speech and tells him not to let Brittany go down the same path that he has gone down. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, Carl moves over to give him a hug and Sean tells him it's not necessary and then holds out his hand because Carl to try to steal his wallet, too. Yeah. Um, I think a line I always remember from Sean's speech here is, I don't have kids. I'm not an uncle. I think children are sticky. <laughs> yeah. Which yeah. is accurate. I'll say this. As someone with OCD in, a, in one of the ways it manifests is in like sticky substances really I hate. Being around children is sometimes difficult because you're just so fucking sticky. Um, anyway. Uh, so the, uh, we, we cut to Sean showing up at the Guster household and Gus opens the door. He's mad. And Sean just says... I feel, and it's like, ah, that's enough. Like, basically, you know, it's that they already forget. Yeah. Yes. Correct. And so, yeah, everyone's in a good mood, and they, you know, they say that, you know, as much time as you spend being mad at somebody, you have to spend the same amount of time, you know, getting over it, or, like, being better about it, or whatever. And yeah, they basically got over it, and the only thing that's going to change here is that Sean can't stay the night. He's got to find alternate, uh, sleeping uh, arrangements yes so he goes over to um to henry's with his gift i guess this is the second iteration of this joke yes yep i don't remember what the first one resulted in it was that uh sean's gift that he- sean i forget what sean gave i'm sorry i forget what henry gave sean but sean's gift was in a box a piece of paper that listed exactly what the gift was gonna be from uh henry right um, Anyway, they have their big boxes, and then those boxes are both decoys, and those boxes are also decoys. And they both have smaller boxes. And what did Henry get you on? Henry got him a very thoughtful gift. He got him an iPhone, which would have been fucking sick if my parents would have gotten yes. me an iPhone. What did uh, Sean get Henry? He got him a psych iPhone cover, um, which, which I guess yeah. he's going to have to use now because Henry yeah, doesn't have was, one. So, Yeah. And his winning streak Good continues. Time. Now, our winning streak of rating episodes continues. What do you give this episode out of 10? I gave it an 8. So did I. It's a fun episode. Um, you know, it's got some fun bits. Directed by uh, John Landis, your boy. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, it's just, it just, you know, you can just really tell that a lot of care was done in all the helicopter shots in the episode. Um, but, the uh, yeah, it's a good episode. Um I really, I the only thing that I would have bumped it up a little bit more is if we got some sort of resolution to the joy and Sean or anything right. else. I agree. Yeah, that, like they kind of yada yada at that in a way that's annoying. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah. Uh, but more important than that, Andre, where can people follow you on social media? You could follow me at andrebarrera.bluesky.social and at andrebarrera at x.com or is it x? Is it still twitter.com? I is mean, the app's it's. X? Uh, it's actually called X, but I'm not calling it that. I mean, if people want to, they can do that. But uh, hey, you know. at Andre Barrera at Twitter.com. 
Yes. You can follow me on Twitter at the J Christie. Please review, subscribe, share the show with the biggest psych fan in your life. And more important than that, tune in next time as we talk about six feet under the sea.